Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm your host, and I'm here to share Practice Wednesday with you today. As you know, uh, I talk about it all the time, that this mindfulness practice that we do, it's called practice for a reason. It's called practice because without practicing it, we do not get the same effects as we do if we do practice it. And, uh, you know, it's just a very simple pro- uh, concept, you know. Um, it's... It doesn't require a ton of practice. It doesn't require any sort of, you know, I mean, it's it's not as stringent as I might make it sound when I talk about how you have to practice, but it does require some commitment, um, you know, on a on ideally on a daily basis to to practice at least a little bit every single day, right? And um, and when we do this, right, when we do practice something every single day, whatever it is that you do repeatedly, you will get better at, right? Or, or you will become more, you know, th- there's people who say that the that the term practice makes perfect is is incorrect. And in fact, the, the more accurate um, uh, statement or, or definition is that practice makes permanent. And I kind of like that because that's what it is, right? Whatever you practice becomes the natural and permanent state of your mind. It, it's just, you know, what you, what you do over and over again, you know, you do more, you know, more regularly and more habitually. And so, uh, and so this practice, when, when we talk about the, the way the mind works, that's, that's what we're referring to with this practice. Okay. So, um, you know, I talk a lot about a lot of different practices here, right? Um, and in the last couple of, and, and that's kind of the beauty of mindfulness is that there are so many different practices that we can do that are really, really beneficial and are, um, you know, it's and but there there's such a variety which kind of makes it really awesome because you know you don't have to necessarily practice the same thing over and 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 over, over, over again right you can practice you know something for a few weeks and then you know you can move on to something different for a few weeks and you can you know or you could even do one day this practice the next day another practice the next day a different practice and and that helps to keep things a little bit more you know sort of interesting and so that's one of the things that I kind of love about this uh, this practice uh, and all this work. Um, and so today I want to give you a practice that's going to apply to what we've been talking about here in this podcast for the last couple of days, okay? And this is our automatic thoughts, right? Um, you know, our automatic thoughts are, you know, it's, it's staggering how 95% of the thoughts that you have are completely automatic on the average. You know, maybe, you know, some people are less, some people are more. But, uh, but on the average, it's like 90 to 95% of the thoughts that we have are completely automatic, right? And so um, now if that's not scary enough, (laughs) what's even more scary is that most of those thoughts are thoughts of of sort of self-criticism and self-judgment and and oftentimes, you know, not very much kindness to ourselves, right? And this is where we get into, you know, what I talked about yesterday was automatic negative thoughts, right? ANTS for for short as the acronym. you know, automatic negative thoughts are those thoughts that, you know, I'm not smart enough to try to do that. I could never have that job because I'm not talented enough. I could never go talk to that person at this party because, you know, he or she is way out of my league. Um, I am, you know, I, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too poor. I'm too, you know, lazy. I'm too, um, you know, I'm too grumpy, you know, whatever it is, right? These are the automatic negative thoughts that go through our minds 
all the time, right? And and again, it's, you know, out of the 60 to 70,000 thoughts that you have every day, like more than half of them are these automatic thoughts, automatic negative thoughts. And, you know, and so it's it's like, wow, you know, we're just beating ourselves up all our lives, right? And again, what we do over and over and over again, we make permanent, we make a habit, we make an automatic behavior of ourselves. And so what that means is that everything that you experience comes through this sort of prism of these automatic negative thoughts, right? And so, and so just think of how much, you know, limitation you're putting on yourself when, when everything that you're thinking about is coming through these automatic negative thoughts, the thoughts of like, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not worthy of that. I don't do that very well. I'm always bad at this, right? Like you're, you convince yourself of these things. And of course, what this brings is stress, right? Because again, stress is always going to be something it comes from a fear of of a threat to your well-being, okay? And remember, I talk about that amygdala in your brain all the time, right? This little almond-sized and shaped little uh, uh, node inside the middle of your brain, right? You actually have two of them, one on the right side, one on the left side. But these things, what they're doing is they're monitoring not only your five senses, right? So like when you see something out of the corner of your eye that could be a rattlesnake, you know, and it, and it makes you jump and, and put you, you know, it's instantly get your body, you know, flowing with, with cortisol and, and pumps up your heart and, and your, you know, and your blood pressure and your respiratory system so that you can run and save your life from that snake, right? So it's not only monitoring the five senses, but it's also monitoring every single thought you have. Like you literally can't get a thought by it. it it's impossible, right? And so, and so literally every single one of those 60 to 70,000 thoughts, even the automatic ones or the non-automatic ones, are going past your amygdala. And if, if, you know, if the bulk of those are, you know, are negative thoughts about yourself, then the amygdala is getting used to it and it's practicing that. And it's been practicing that since you were a young child, you know, and that's for all of us. It's not just you. It doesn't make you, uh, uh, you know, less of a, you know, of a person or, or, or mean something's wrong with you. It's, it's all of us, right? It's, you know, from, from the time we're young kids, right? We're, we're conditioned through our schooling, through our, the sports we play and the competition that we have and the, you know, the clicks and the bullies and the, and then the advertising and then the, the, you know, the, the marketing and the, the money that we're, we're, you know, you know, measuring everything against and, you know, watching TV or going through a department store and seeing, you know, all these unattainably perfect people, you know, in the ads and on the mannequins and, and in the, you know, everywhere we look, you know, there's people who are like, you know, ridiculously skinny, you know, like, like, of course, you know, the lingerie ads, right? They're using girls who are, you know, who are, you know, 17 years old, you know, dressed in, in lingerie and they're selling it to 35 year old women. You know, it's just, it's almost impossible for a 35 year old woman to have the body of a 17 year old girl, but yet that's what we strive for. And every time we don't get that, right. And of course, it's not just women and, and lingerie. It's, it's, you know, it's people with the, the money they make, the watch they're able to afford to to wear on their wrist, the car that they drive, the, you know, where they live, how they live, you know, it's, it's, we're constantly measured up against these really, really high ideals. And, and every time we fall short of those ideals, that automatic negative thoughts are reinforced and, and it's, and it becomes more and more and more permanent and more deeply, you know, deeply, deeply seated in our, our psyche. And that's when the amygdala is constantly, what, what happens is it's just like going to the gym, right? Like when you're, 
when you're lifting weights at the gym, right? If you're, if you're doing curls with your right arm, after you, you do curls every single day with your right arm, the right bicep will get bigger, right? It's just how it works, right? And, and so if you're constantly thinking these, these you know, fearful and, and you, know, you know, these thoughts that are threats to your well-being, the amygdala actually grows in size and in power. And so, and, and this means that, that it, it triggers the stress response that much quickly because that is the beginning of the stress response, right? It's that the amygdala is the fear center of your brain and stress is based on fear, right? So, you know, one plus two, one plus one equals two, right? And so, and so you're giving the power of your stress response to your amygdala. And this is where, you know, this is where you're, you're you know, you, you know, we're not doing ourselves any favor over the, over the years and years and years of, of going through this cycle of stress, right? And so, um, so one great way to combat, or I hate to use the word combat, but one great way to counteract this, this process of building the amygdala up Right. And, and of, of, you know, of, of, you know, kind of neutralizing these automatic negative thoughts that we all have about ourselves is to harbor and to cultivate a sense of self-love. Right now, I know that sounds silly. Right. A lot of people roll their eyes at me when I say that. Right. Because self-love, what is that? You know, I don't have time for that. Right. And that's the problem. We all think that way. Right. We think that this this idea of self-love is like, you know, some kind of, um, you know, woo woo concept that, that, you know, I'm not going to bother with that, you know, but, but what it is, is, is it's, it's, you know, it's self-love to give yourself power, right? To give yourself the power over your stress response. So maybe if you think about it in that way, any of you who are doubting this out there, you know, maybe that will help to convince you. And listen, this is a good time for me to tell you that if you want to talk about this, okay, and if you think that self-love is not something that you should, uh, you know, delve into, you know, then, then give me a call. Let, let's talk about this for a few minutes, okay? Let me see if maybe I can explain it in a way that, that really applies to your life, you know, after I talk to you for a few minutes and get an idea of who you are, and and how this can really benefit you on a very very deep level all right so so there's a very simple practice okay it's 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 basically another form of the uh, of the uh, compassion exercises the loving kindness exercises that I talk about here all the time okay now I'm going to do just about um, you know four minutes, five minutes or something right now, just to sort of get you into it. Now, I don't, I don't suggest that you try to do more than four or five minutes at any given sitting in the first, you know, little while. But once you get comfortable, then you can start to do more and more and more. I did this practice every day for about, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes every single day because the timer would go off and I wouldn't stop because it was just, I couldn't stop. It felt so good after a little while. And I did this every single day for about a month and a half, okay, where I I just, I committed to myself that this is what I'm going to do with my meditation time every day for six weeks. And, And this, you know, really, really got into me on a very, very deep level. And then from here, I wound up doing compassion exercises for another couple of months after that again every single day and and this is is something that really you know because again a lot of what we're talking about a lot of the stress that we feel comes from a place that is sort of antithetical to compassion and so when we can cultivate and develop compassion we can then you know neutralize and and sort of counterbalance the things that are causing us the stress okay so any questions about this please 
email me, set up a call, you know, go to the website, artburnscoaching.com, uh, set up a free phone consultation. I promise you there's no obligation. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. If you, you know, if you just want to ask questions about this practice or any other practice, you know, just that's all we'll talk about. I promise you. Okay. Uh, or you can just send me an email if you have any questions about this. Okay. But it's a really, really powerful practice. Now, again, I'm only going to do about four or five minutes now. But then after that, you know, once you get into it, you know, you don't have to do this along with my voice. You know, after the first few times, you should have the the phrases memorized and you can just do it on your own. And I suggest that you you take some time to do this every single day for the next like month or so. That, That would be my suggestion to you. It's not urgent. It's not, you know, mandatory. You know, if you want to do some of the other practices in between, that's cool too. But if, if something about the automatic negative thoughts and the, and the self-loathing that I'm talking about, you know, ring true with you, they resonate with you, then I would put all the other practices aside for the next month or so and just do this one every single day and see how you feel at the end of it, right? Because again, part of mindfulness is the, is the you know, you know, the insight to your, your inside, you know, your, your emotional and your, you you know, psychological workings, right? And so, and so that's what I love to do is do something for a month or so and then feel, you know, kind of sense into how you're feeling about it. And oftentimes you'll find that, wow, yeah, this feels really, really good. And then you're going to want to do more. And that's where the magic happens. All right, folks. So let's get into our comfortable and, um, and our comfortable position that is both relaxed and alert at the same time. It's always a difficult transition for me to go from talking to meditating. (laughs) So uh, if you're sitting on a chair, um, you might put your feet flat on the floor for me. Uh, You can put your hands in your lap. You can either have them face up or face down. Uh, If you're sitting on the floor in a, you know, lotus type of cross-legged position, that's fine too. Uh, Again, your hands maybe are in your lap, uh, either face up or face down. Uh, palm up or palm down, I mean. And if you're lying down, um, I would like it if you were lying down flat on your back with your spine nice and straight, uh, without a pillow under your head, and without covers over you, just so that we don't fall asleep during the meditation. And finally, I would like you to close your eyes and take three really deep diaphragmatic breaths. Draw the air in from your abdomen, Really draw that air all the way into the bottoms of your lungs. Breathe in through your nose. Hold for one or two seconds and then breathe out through your mouth and push all that air out with your diaphragm and your abdomen again. And do that three times and then simply allow your breath to just settle into its normal, natural rhythm. Okay, three deep breaths, please. And now as you allow your breath to settle into its normal, natural rhythm, 
Let's just take a few moments and sense the breath coming in and out of our bodies. And we can do that by watching the rise and fall of our abdomen. And when I say watching, I mean don't try to breathe. Don't try to control it. Don't try to accomplish anything through breathing. Just understand that you've been breathing for your whole lifetime and just allow it to happen the way it always has. And simply sense the breath as it comes in and out of your body. Sensing the in-breath. Sensing the out-breath. And sensing the spaces in between. And now I'm going to repeat a series of phrases. I will say the phrase, the first phrase, and I'll pause so you can repeat it silently in your mind. Then I'll say the second phrase. I'll pause so you can repeat that one silently in your mind. And we'll keep going, repeating a total of five phrases in each cycle. We're going to be wishing ourselves loving kindness. So I want you to hold your picture of yourself. Perhaps when you were a child, when you felt very vulnerable and needed compassion in your life. Or perhaps you can get in touch with that for how you feel right now. As you do this practice, just try to, to speak very tenderly to yourself, comforting yourself with compassion. May I be well. May I be free from suffering. May I be free from fear and insecurity. May I be forgiven for my 
mistakes and my misdeeds. May I feel loved. May I be happy. May I be well. May I be free from suffering. May I be free from fear and insecurity. May I be forgiven for my mistakes and my misdeeds. May I feel loved. May I be happy. Now let's take a moment and focus our attention once again on the rise and fall of our abdomen. Just allowing our breath to happen, coming in and out of our body. And at this point, it might work to take a look at our posture. If you feel yourself slouching a little, go ahead and straighten your back. And then turn your attention back to your abdomen as it rises and falls with each in-breath and each out-breath. Once again, I'm going to repeat the phrases over and pause in between so that you can repeat them back to yourself silently in your mind. May I be well. May I be free from suffering. May I be free from fear and insecurity. May I be forgiven for my mistakes and my misdeeds. May I feel loved. May I be happy. 
May I be well? May I be free from suffering? May I be free from fear and insecurity? May I be forgiven for my mistakes and my misdeeds. May I feel loved. May I be happy. Now let's close this practice with another couple of moments of focusing our attention on our abdomen. Once again, you might check in with your posture. And if you're slouching, go ahead and straighten yourself, your back up. And then just... Focus your attention on the gentle rise and fall of your abdomen with each in-breath and each out-breath. Simply letting the breath come in and leave our body the way it has our whole lives, whether we're paying attention to it or not. Just sensing the breath. Sensing the in-breath, sensing the out-breath, and sensing the spaces in between. And before we close this practice, I would like to just thank you for your time and your attention. 
And I'd like to reflect with you upon how the altruistic nature of what we've just done is going to affect everyone around us. That by cultivating a sense of self-love will allow us to break free from the limitations that we put on ourselves and allow us to reach the people in our lives on a deeper level, whether we're helping them or simply reflecting love back to them, whether it's our loved ones, our friends, our family, just reflecting with gratitude on how this will benefit not only us, but the rest of the world as well. All the people we know, and even all the people we don't know, even the people we haven't met yet. I thank you for your time and your attention again, and you can open your eyes whenever you're ready.